Hey guys, it's Doug again from fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. We're continuing on our series on demonology, talking about specific demons, what they do, where they hide, how they act, how to keep them off, all that kind of stuff. Now, again, uh, that someone has a demon whispering to them is not a value judgment. It doesn't mean they're evil. It doesn't mean they're whatever. Um, even Jesus had Satan himself whispering to him, lying to him, talking to him. So we're not... Um, uh, it's not hate speech, it's not whatever, I'm not telling people they're evil, I'm not whatever. This is a spiritual war, and if you don't have people shooting at you, then you're not dangerous. So you should expect, uh, even as a Christian, that the closer and closer you get to God, the more the enemy is going to try to take you out. That's why sometimes uh, leaders that are really effective, that have a big gift, end up having sex with their masseuse, uh, hiring prostitutes, getting completely unraveled. Now, um, was that their flesh? Yes. It was their flesh that gave in to the voices whispering to them, telling them to disobey God. And that it would be okay. And that somehow you're special because you're an important prophet and you've got an exemption anointing and you can do whatever you want and God will still love you and you'll be fine. Some kind of lie like that got whispered to them and they listened to it internalize it and acted on it and those are doctrines of demons and there are all kinds of doctrines of demons that the Bible warns us about now I want to talk specifically um, about the spirit of lust um, now the Lord typically shows this to me as a black greasy frog sitting over people's heart in their chest right right in here with a long tongue that reaches out and gets whatever it wants and just feeds itself and gets fatter and fatter now <clears throat> if you want to think of my descriptions of what the demons look like and where they sit and how they act as poetic allegories that's fine go ahead and believe that that's whatever whatever works for you I believe that it's just the way that the Lord showed it to me so that I could have a sense of what it does, uh, how dangerous it is, how it acts, and stuff like that. And, and so consistently, um, um, typically when I see somebody uh, with a spirit of lust, um, that's what it's going to look like. And, and when I go looking for it, that's what I'm going to find. Maybe a little one, maybe a big one, um, maybe a, a new one, maybe an old one, whatever. But... Uh, now let's talk a little bit about what lust is. Now, people tend to describe lust as um, sexual lust, but lust is basically any self-gratification. You can lust for money, you can lust for power, you can lust for sex, you can lust for uh, a new Corvette, you can lust for uh, the last piece of your Precious Moments collection. Um, you can la lust for donuts, you can lust for, you know, the corner office, whatever. It is, it is essentially reaching out to grab whatever will make you feel better instead of waiting on the Lord to meet your needs. And, and, and at the heart of it, that's witchcraft. That's, that's trying to get what you want by whatever means necessary instead of waiting on the Lord to give you what He knows you need and what he believes that uh, will fulfill you so it's adultery at its heart because you're cheating on Jesus and saying that he's not sufficient I need to have a dozen donuts to make me happy 
I need to have a white picket fence and 2.3 kids and a bass boat to make me happy. Jesus isn't enough. And that is grievous to God and it is a complete doctrine of demons. Now, this spirit of lust, as with most of the spirits, our goal should be to set our face like flint and keep our eyes on the cross, stay on the narrow path, um, walk the walk of holiness and, and, and let him uh, drag us like a bull with a ring in our nose down, down the narrow path uh, toward the cross and um, <clears throat> toward the crucifixion of our flesh. But it's our flesh that constantly wants um, what, is, what our spirit knows is bad for us. Um, there is this narrow path down the middle, and on either side there are crocodiles ooh, trying to get you. If you stay on the narrow path, you're fine. On the one side is lust, on the other side is anti-lust. Um, the narrow path down the middle is is the walk that Christ wants you on. Now, what I mean by an anti-lust is, for example, <clears throat> if Satan can get you obsessed about something then he's got you, because he's got your eyes off of the cross. So, a, a lust, as with all of them, will whisper something to you and put an eye in front. I need a dozen donuts. Um, I'm, I'm fat and ugly and nobody loves me. Um, I'm the best singer here and nobody is even close to how good I sound. Whatever. Could be pride, self-condemnation, double-mindedness, all kinds of things we're going to talk about. But lust, specifically... Let's use food for an example, okay? I think I think everybody can grab that one real quick. <clears throat> um, on the one side is the anti-lust, like uh, bulimia and anorexia, where you're obsessed with food to the point where you don't want any, or you want some, but you want to get rid of it as fast as you can. On the other side is uh, is gluttony. On the other side is anorexia or starvation. But both of them are an obsession with food that pulls your eyes off of the narrow path. Okay, So either way, they've got you. So either the frog is constantly seeking donuts, or the frog is constantly seeking to throw up so that you'll be skinny and everybody will like you because it's working in, in conjunction with the self-condemnation uh, and the fear and other things. But either way, they've got your eyes off the cross, and that's the ultimate goal. Um, if, if, if they can even deviate you 1% over the course of time, that gets farther and farther and farther away from where you're supposed to be. So, <clears throat> um, lust could be uh, all kinds of things. And what we need to do is go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, is there anything that I love more than I love you? Um, is there anything, if you tell me to fast, and I can't because... I love that ham sandwich more than I love obedience to the sovereign ruler of the universe, well then something's, something's a problem. Something has a hold of you. If the Lord says, I want you to quit smoking, and you say, Lord, I can't, I won't, I, I don't want to, well, then you love cigarettes more than you love Jesus. Now, um, sometimes I've known people, Crazy Larry, who's got some videos on here, who begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded with the Lord to get the smoking off of him. And the Lord said, I'll do it in my time. Not yet, not yet, not yet. And he didn't, he couldn't just stop cold turkey. It was something that the Lord needed to do with him, just like when the Lord snapped the alcoholism off of him in an instant. 
and the Lord didn't seem to be in a big hurry to do it. Um, uh, then he had a heart attack and died, and now he's not smoking anymore. So the Lord <laughs> did eventually do it, but not exactly the way you would think. So, uh, But if the Lord has told you, absolutely positively, stop smoking, and you refuse to take the step of putting it down and believing that he will give you the strength to leave it there, then you're rebellious and you're disobedient and you love smoking more than you love Jesus. And it's and you got to stop. I mean, you got to knock it off. you got to ask him to do whatever he has to do to you so that you will love him more than you love the smoking, porn, alcohol, weed, whatever it is. Because it's all adultery. It's like you're... It's like you tie your wife to a chair in the bedroom and then you go get a hooker, bring her home, have sex with her right in front of your wife and then in the morning you, you untie your wife and say, you're good, right? You're going to make me breakfast, right? Everything's okay, right? No, it ain't right. You just cheated on her and made her watch. And when Jesus says, don't do that, and you do it anyway and you make him watch, it, it's just not any different. It's just not any different. So you need to repent for those things that you've loved more than you've loved Jesus after you called him Lord not not lifeguard not ticket out of hell you called him Lord that's who he says he is and that's who he's supposed to be to you and if he's king master commander Lord husband then dude I mean you, you gotta do what he says or, or, or he's just not Lord and if he's not Lord of all then he's not Lord at all you can't say that he's Lord when you only give him 10% of your life. When you keep him out of whole chunks of your life that you don't want him to have anything to do with. So let's talk about porn for a minute. <clears throat> I've read surveys that say 50% of the pastors of the churches in America are addicted to pornography. Um, doesn't surprise me. Um, they're addicted to all kinds of doctrines of demons that try to convince them that it's okay to not be holy, to not walk righteously, to not grieve God. Um, the enemy has really, really, really taken over so much of this culture. There are, there are screaming voices on every side saying it's okay. Uh, to do this. It's okay to gratify your flesh in this way or that way or the other way or all of these ways and and you're weird if you fast. You're a freak if you try to listen to God and do what he says. Um, and even so many of the congregations that we've built cater to the flesh, entertain the flesh, make sure they have a, a, a workout room, make sure that they are entertained, make sure that the, the, the music sounds pretty. And it's all hedonism and humanism at its, at its heart. And we're all feeding a lust to be entertained. <clears throat> Pastor, if you're listening to this, I challenge you to stop. Stop doing that right now. Stop doing that right now. Better to not meet at all than to feed their flesh. Better to not meet at all. Go out in the street and feed some folks. Cancel the service. Go home to home. Take care of people. Show them the gospel. Live out the gospel. Stop talking about it. Whatever. 
this spirit of lust, this frog, if you have one of these, ask the Lord to show you if there is some if, if this spirit whispers. See, I don't believe people say, well, Christians can't be possessed by demons. Christians can be oppressed by demons. I'm like, you know what? If every time a voice whispers to you and says, I need a cigarette, you have a cigarette, then it owns you. Possess, oppress, doesn't matter. It's your ruler. Because every time it says to do something, you do it. How else do I look at it? It is your Lord. And it needs to be rejected and renounced and rebuked. And you need to say you're sorry. And you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord. And then he will get this thing off of you so that you can walk in his ways. So long as you try to rebuke it in self, in, in your own self, I'm, I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna look at porn. I'm gonna put a filter on the computer. I'm not. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna have an accountability group. I'm gonna whatever. Th- those are all fleshly ways of handling a spiritual problem. The reality is that you need to deal with it as a spiritual problem. Understand that it's a demon. Understand that you gave him room and let him take over. And you need to say you're sorry to the Lord. Stop playing footsies with the badness and kick its butt off. You got the sword of the spirit that cuts between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. You take that sword, you slice it right off of there. Ask the Lord to send it to the abyss. Get it off of you and say you're sorry. And ask him to to armor that area up with the blood of Jesus. To cover you, to weld it shut. That that gateway, whatever that opening is, ask the Lord to crush it. And he may say, hit your computer with a baseball bat. Because you can't handle it. He may say, turn off the TV. He may say... You go in the backyard and burn your porn because having it in the house is still letting that spirit have a stronghold in your house. There's all kinds of stuff that just feeds lust that has that spirit on it. Christmas has become about lust. Christmas has become about feeding our flesh, gratifying whatever. Until it has that spirit. Santa Claus is inherently about lust. He's overweight. He, he, he's probably going to die of heart disease anytime. He's eating cookies everywhere he goes. He's given presents to make people happy. And they're colorful. And they satisfy the eye and the flesh. and the. I mean, he's just a cartoon of Father God. He's just... an insulting, lust-filled caricature of Father God that Satan devised and has created and that business has manipulated and twisted more and more and more to use as a tool to fill you with the spirit of lust. The media, magazines, locker room discussions, all of them seem to be constantly barraging people with more and more opportunities to justify lust. In one way or another, politics, government, all all kinds of stuff. Now, this is becoming more and more dangerous because more and more people are justifying it and calling it okay. Because in the last days, that which is evil would be called good, and that which is good will be called evil. 
And a whole bunch of this series, of, of uh, as we talk about demonology, you will probably hear this theme where things 50 years ago, th this is not okay. But now it sort of, you know, how dare you take pot shots at the spirit of homosexuality? How dare you take pot shots at drunkenness or, or you know, gluttony or whatever? Um, it's a it's a chemical problem. They can't help it. They're it's they're just genetic. It's a whatever. You know, you should leave them alone and just let them live their life and and whatever. And that is raw Satanism. You know, let no man tell me what I can do. Uh, my stomach is my god. Whatever whatever feels good, do it. That's all just flat Satanism. It is Antichrist in the extreme. Because he says to have self-control, to peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. To listen to him and that he will direct our paths. Seeing people instantly delivered of this one. Um, the Lord did a number on me, just ripped it off. And he ripped it off by showing me how big he is and putting a lot of fear of the Lord in me. So that I would realize... That when I go, when I go astray, uh, like 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 geese in formation, following whoever the lead goose is, if the pastor is a, a, a lust-filled, porn-watching, whatever worldly, fleshy, whatever, they're all going to go that way, and you'll have a congregation full of of people with lust problems. One congregation here in town. I knew a gal, she hadn't smoked in 20 years. She'd been there two weeks, starts smoking and can't quit. And they got probably the highest obesity rates of any place I've ever been, any congregation I've ever seen. Because something, and they are a word of faith, name it and claim it, reach out and grab it. You know, God wants you rich and fat and sassy and whatever kind of place. And he's letting them, he's turned them over to it. And it's dangerous to even be in the building. Because that thing will stick to you. We have to practice listening to the voices that whisper to us. There's always three choices. There's you, the good guys, and the bad guys. And you're to take every thought captive and bring it into obedience with Christ. And test and approve that which is of God. So when something whispers to you, I need a dozen donuts at midnight. You say, okay, that could be me. Because... I'm a fleshy stinker, and I want a dozen donuts. That could be Satan, because he's trying to kill me with high blood pressure and diabetes and obesity. But Jesus doesn't benefit by that. I can see how Satan would benefit. I can see how I benefit, but not Jesus. Well, I don't want to obey my flesh, and I don't want to obey Satan, so I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to listen to Jesus. And he says, go to bed. Go read your Bible. Go whatever. Don't eat a dozen donuts at midnight. But the lust will work in conjunction with the self-condemnation and the fear and other things. And the self-condemnation will say, I'm fat and ugly and nobody loves me. And the lust will say, I want a dozen donuts to make myself feel better. And, and then the fear, so you eat a dozen donuts. And, and then the fear says, well, now you got diabetes and heart palpitations and, and you're so fat nobody could ever love you. Let's have another dozen donuts. And they cycle you 
round and round and round until Oprah has to cut a hole in the wall to get you out. And uh, they bury you in a piano coffin, uh, a piano box. But if you had stopped any one of these voices and said, you know what? That's not the Word of God. That's not consistent with the Bible. Uh, he, he promised me sound mind. He promised that all things work together to good. He asked me to have self-control and restraint. He, he's not okay with this stuff. That wasn't the voice of Jesus. I rejected it. I renounced it. We're not playing that. Lord, I want to hear from you. You'd be okay. You'd be okay. Ask the Lord if you've got a spirit of lust. If there's a spirit of lust chasing you, clinging to you, uh, in you, on you, what, it doesn't matter. It's all spiritual. It, it doesn't matter. In you, on you, it makes no difference in the spirit. It, it's a whole different plane we're talking about here, okay? But just ask the Lord if you got a spirit of lust. And if this little greasy black frog that's trying to fatten itself up and kill you is messing with you. And if it is, ask the Lord to show you how to get it off. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ Almighty. That, that he would give you whatever you need. That by the blood of the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, who gave his life to free you from your illnesses and your iniquities, I pray that he'd give you the power that you need to get free once and for all and keep it off. And expect pushback. Expect them to try to jump on seven times worse. But this is a war. They're going to try to retake the hill. And you need to stand firm. And you need to continually reject any voice that isn't the voice of God. And just because they put an eye in front, and because it sounds like your voice, doesn't mean it's you. Test the spirits. Confirm whether it's Lord. we got other videos on that. 1 John 4, 2. Other ways to hear God and know that it's God. But you need to test the spirits, know which is God, and, and ignore any other voice, no matter what the source, whether it's a friend, a, a magazine, the internet or something that whispers in your ear. Whatever it is, if it ain't Jesus, it's got to go. Period. Because it is there to kill, steal, and destroy you. To steal the quality of your life, to steal your health, to steal your witness, and to destroy you. And to keep you from your loving Father who wants to swoop down and hug you and help you and live in you and cleanse you. And I don't like when they get between me and my dad. Anyway, more on this in a minute. From uh, So we continue our series on demonology. We'll just uh, see where this goes. More on fellowshipofthemartyrs.com.